Welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money m o r p h o s i s dot com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Hello, it's Crystal Arnold, founder of Money Morphosis and creator of the Money Wise Women Show. Today is a little different than other episodes where uh, it's just me today. I wanted to dive deeper into some of my experiences I've had over the last year. And uh, this episode is really about tapping the power of grief. And there are many types of grief, which is... um, feelings that arise from loss. And, you know, we can talk about uh, traditional grief, which is death of a loved one. And, and yet we can also expand it to consider gr- uh, financial grief, which could be the loss of a significant amount of money uh, or fraud or something that is a significant financial loss. And then we also have climate grief, which is getting some more attention as actually having a pervasive effect on many people and creating anxiety and stress is is this kind of ecosystem collapse and uncertainty of climate change. So we will kind of... touch on all of those, both our individual and and collective uh, grief, what we can do um, to better harness the the power of of grief and be able to navigate these times of, of great change and be more resilient. This year, I've attended a couple of different events which have had a profound effect on me and my ability to access feelings of grief. And the first was called Tending the Threshold. It was a three-day event in May here in Ashland, Oregon, led by Holly Truhar, who is a grief counselor. And uh, she had a fantastic um, diverse group of guests and there were about a hundred participants and we were really able to uh, go into both uh, the grief and, and the possibility of being at a threshold of transformation of change and, and really being in a liminal space, which means the space between two things. It's like an unknown void of uh, between what has been and what will be. And so that was in particular uh, focused a lot on race, racism and race relations and just being able to access the generations of profound suffering that's been caused by white supremacy and uh, as, as one um, guest called it, the, the weapon of whiteness that it is um, used to to continue to keep a system of hierarchy and um, unhealthy domination of 
people over one another. And so that was the first uh, event that really kind of opened my own uh, ability to access some of these feelings of uh, sadness and grief. And the second um, more recently was in August with Joe Brewer, and this was in Eugene, Oregon. It was another three-day um, deep dive with about 25 participants, and it was called Managing Planetary Collapse, right? You may wonder why I chose to go uh, <laughs> up there and participate, and yet it, it that heavy feeling of acknowledging planetary collapse actually led to a type of liberation that I felt of being authentic with the kind of biological science perspective on systems collapse and also having the conversations that really matter about how do we culturally evolve into a more regenerative um, systems that support the well-being of people on this planet. And so it really was, uh, it was in the midst of fire season too, so it was super smoky and that was really uh, prevalent with our own effects being felt from climate uh, change and, and that kind of challenge uh, for us personally here in Oregon. And so that was, you know, really to, to acknowledge the, the depth of, of collapse that is happening on many levels. And we've all heard the, the news stories about oceanic dead zones, you know, uh, species collapse, ecosystem collapse in the rainforest and, and the disappearance of bees and the uh, feedback loops that are accelerating some of the methane release in the permafrost in Siberia. You know, the list goes on and on and it can really be upsetting to uh, to tune into the news today and, and see those uh, ecological collapse and and how they are affecting our society and our economy. So I began to also look at what is financial grief and the way that people inevitably will likely suffer some financial setback. It may be traumatic. It may be not so big in their lifetime and need to develop a certain psychological resilience to be able to respond to changing financial conditions. And so we'll go more into that uh, a little later on about approaches to, to develop resilience and, and whether you've been a victim of fraud or, I mean, gosh, imagine in 2008, all of those people who lost so much of their retirement accounts and IRAs in, in the um, financial crash. So I think the more we can be prepared for uh, these type of fluctuations in our own personal uh, finances and, and collectively how we deal with financial collapse and, and its um, likelihood because it's clear, as I've studied economics, the ups and downs of 
of the stock market, of valuation of houses. You know, we see the kind of uh, chaos right now in Venezuela, which was a very oil-rich company uh, country, <laughs> and now is uh, struggling with um, just a variety of inflation and uh, problems that are uh, exacerbating poverty and uh, uh, food shortages and, and all of these kind of cascading effects from their economic collapse. And so that's a reality to uh, to look at. First, I'd like to really kind of look at the, the psychology of, of collapse and, and what it means to grieve together. And there was a great... Um, French sociologist Emile Durkheim back in the 1800s who really stressed the importance of uh, collective celebration and grieving and how this can develop a deep sense of belonging for people and how it's so essential to not only celebrate together but grieve and he says it creates a collective effervescence I feel like this is really uh, missing from our culture today is uh, sacred safe spaces to grieve and wail and moan the suffering of um, so many, for so many reasons in today's culture. So that feeling of stepping in instead of just letting go and numbing the pain and denying the grief of climate change, of financial turbulence, of personal uh, struggle, homelessness on the rise, uh, you know, having to evacuate because of wildfires. And so the more that we can develop this sense of belonging and this collective effervescence will bring a certain vitality back into our communities. And I've really to acknowledge that grief and losing what is valuable and sacred to us is a natural part of the human experience. And it isn't a sickness or a disability to be fixed with medication or, you know, um, (laughs) other approaches. So I feel like just just acknowledging that is powerful and being able to step into, uh, you know, get, getting over our shame and guilt for, for feeling sadness and anxiety and feeling troubled about the state of today's world. And there is a great quote from a woman of the Daranga tribe in Africa, San Bonfu Somay. She came to America saying, we are not broken. We don't need fixing. We are grieving, and it is essential to humankind that we have space to do it together, not alone. A powerful message from a woman with a strong ancestral lineage of grieving and shamanic practices that bring wholeness and health into the psyches of their tribes. And so how do we honor our ancestors and face our mortality, essentially? We, in modern American culture, we are so terrified of death 
we are looking to prolong life through medical means as long as possible. We are often looking for that fountain of youth that will create eternal life and uh, have have very little cultural support for hospice and honoring that threshold that is very sacred and, and can be very illuminating for a soul. And so to really feel this call today to acknowledge our suffering, not only with money and financially and, and uh, as far as our climate and our personal grief and struggles and, and acknowledging all of that and being able to develop approaches that can bring greater wholeness and, and a sense of belonging even in the face of such challenge today. Uh, you know, we've to tell you a personal story, we've really been affected by the wildfires and the consistently worse air quality and smoke here in the summertime and fires being started very close to home, having friends evacuate from fires here just last summer. And uh, we had over six weeks of poor to unhealthy, dangerous, hazardous air quality levels from the smoke here in the Rogue Valley. And so psychologically, this challenge of being in persistent threat, like uh, our reptilian animal instincts are activated, feeling like we have to flee, it's unsafe, there's a persistent anxiety and dread and and fear of um, very real threat of, of fires and the persistent threat of smoke. And so... You know, uh, a, a woman shared with me, she has two young children and she's a professional woman and, and her husband's also a well upstanding professional here. And uh, she was just saying, gosh, it's just like this breakdown happens where we've been just feeling the stress of pretending everything's okay and trying to get by with our daily lives. But this looming question of climate change and where will it be safe to raise our children? And and they're taking steps towards immigrating, uh, leaving to go to Canada, and they've begun that process. And just looking at the political and climate situation here, yes. and there is no easy answer. There basically is no away. There is no... Even people who win the lottery can often lose all the money quite quickly. And uh, so there there really is no magic wand to make these challenges go away. It's really calling forth us, these reservoirs of strength and our ability to be resilient. So let's talk a little bit more about approaches for resilience and in particular how we develop that emotional intelligence which allows us to respond to change in a way which does not which actually brings us into an upward spiral an evolution our ability to gain gifts from our difficult experiences. So 
really looking at emotional intelligence and our ability to communicate and have a safe space and a group to explore some of these difficult topics is is my first recommendation. And secondly, when they've done studies of people with emotional resilience, they've found that people really are able to focus on the positive outcomes and the gifts within the challenges and also have the ability to self-regulate their emotions and be aware of being with uh, their the sometimes intense emotions of, of grief and anxiety and suffering and have mindfulness, breathing, you know, spiritual practices that allow us to stay centered and grounded in the root of our knowing of our deep source that sustains us. And so the more people are able to connect to that spiritual force, that life-giving current of energy which underlies all of creation, then they are able to ride out these temporary discomforts and challenges. I experienced this myself last uh, summer, July 2017. We had a big house fire and it was a total shock to us. I have two young children. They were four and seven at the time. And we had just spent a whole year, um, pretty much all of our savings, remodeling our first home. And my husband had done much of the work. We had, you know, made a lot of sacrifices living in our one bedroom apartment in the basement throughout the remodel, having our house roof ripped off in the wettest winter in decades in Oregon here, there were a lot of challenges along the way. A lot of hard work went into the house and we moved up here and uh, and finally got settled in. A week later, we went on a rafting trip on the Klamath River for three nights and we came back to um, the house was still standing. It was um, mainly smoke damage. Luckily, our neighbor had checked on our cats to feed them and opened the door one morning and the house was filled with smoke. She called the fire department. They got here just in time. Uh, The flames were starting to go into the floorboards and and up into the walls. And once that happens, it's really a matter of five or ten minutes before um, the house becomes, you know, really consumed and it spreads very quickly. So we were basically you know, um, minutes away from from losing our entire investment of time and money over the last uh, year in in this house fire. And so we came back to um, the reality of of not being able, the shock, first of all, and uh, and then the reality of of not being able to to live in our house for another six months uh, while we remodeled it again that my husband had to rip out all of the walls and the work he had just done with so much love and and basically rebuild it in the midst of a hot smoky august and uh it's it was a super challenging time to be able to hold the strength as as the mother homeschooling my children, being with them and and really making sense of, of the situation and remaining optimistic and focusing on 
that the house was going to be better than even before when we got through this. And uh, the good news is we were able to move in about a week before Christmas. We uh, got back into the house uh, last year and uh, it did turn out better than we could have even imagined and uh, ended up, um, you know, working out all right. But at the time that being able to uh, grieve, the loss with my husband and and really feel that pain of um it's an uncertain word world you know we can we budgeted and saved for 10 years and and really had this dream and this commitment to owning our own house and and uh just felt that devastation of it can all go away at any time. All that we love, all that we care about, our families, our children, our homes, you never know when it will be lost. And so from that, I had to walk with both a celebration and a grief simultaneously. So thankful for our community that showed up to help with um, housing us in the days after and our, uh, you know, friends and family who helped with our kids and all of that, that, that made it possible to continue to create and continue to love despite the reality that, that life and that which we hold sacred can be taken away at any time. And so a few more words of advice for people who may be, um, you know, going through a challenging time or grieving a loss, you know, uh, to, to really seek out help and support and really start to, to look for options and possibilities to, to get you out of the muck and, and the depression that can set in and, and the negative thinking that can really uh, be destructive and, and not productive. So it's, it's also important to, uh, to stop the blame and to avoid self-pity and, and really not go into a spiral of defeat and feeling like a victim and why me and I've been forsaken and, and really come with a humility of not knowing, of not knowing the bigger picture of what this loss will lead to, what this collapse will bring us. And and to be in the void of, of not knowing, of not knowing the the future of the outcome also applies to not only our ongoing climate fluctuation, natural disasters, the reality of, you know, the practical planning that now goes into uh, fire preparation, you know, where I have a a five-minute, a 15-minute evacuation plan, you know, what is most valuable, where are my documents, what are the keepsakes that I would take with me. And so now to talk about financial resilience in the face of um, financial grief. And, you know, it. first of all, I want to say you are not alone if you are experiencing this um, challenge, financial challenge. So many people have at some point in their life experienced a financial trauma, a sudden job loss, you know, sudden disability, loss of um, property due to some natural disasters, 
something, you know, many people are victims of fraud. Um, there are just so many people, you know, being left out of um, a will or an estate where you expected to uh, maybe inherit money and ended up not, or where you did inherit money, but there was so much grief for the loss of those people that, uh, that, tainted the money in some way. I've also heard stories of that. And so there's a lot of ways that can be triggered, that feeling of loss, because we are talking about our security, our safety, when we're talking about money and finances. And so there is a way that you can you know, first of all, acknowledge that you're not alone and don't go into denial and just bury your head in, in the ground and and let the situation worsen and to really um, begin to take wise action when the time is right and to really gather the facts, understand your current financial situation clearly and, and get support both for the practical, you know, um, accountant, bookkeeping, financial planner, legal advice, but, but also your health and psychological, spiritual well-being and being able to navigate these times because, um, you know, things do change and we will all go through different seasons of life. And so being able to ride those out and not get crushed by the waves is, is really a key skill to develop. And to be able to talk openly with with other trusted people and to be able to feel our feelings and not numb them out and have a safe way to express them and move through them. Carl Jung, the psychologist, talked a lot about um, grief that gets stuck and frozen. And this shows up in it can show up in anyone and yet predominantly men and boys have this kind of stuck grief, which is never fully felt and resolved because boys are so often um, shamed for having emotions or need to be tough and strong. And so it comes out as, as rage and unhealthy expressions of um, violence or uh, abuse, you know, or, or it can turn into substance abuse as well. So how do we begin to connect even when we are feeling sadness and rage? And and it really starts within to, first of all, connect with your breath and to feel that safety and security of being on the earth and, and feeling grounded and, and feeling that um, kind of self self-care of knowing how to uh, to be with yourself and then um, and then as I said being able to be with a, a group and and feel more comfortable um, sharing with individuals or or other people and realizing you're not alone I have seen so many tears and so much relief from people in my workshops as they really uh, begin to to open up about their financial challenges and traumas. And so I want to say in closing 
that gratitude and grief are intimately related. And the ways in which we can acknowledge the preciousness of what is right now with our gratitude, with savoring that hug from your child, with really... uh, you know, having having that kind of joy and and fully present appreciation of of our life and and acknowledging its transient nature and you know, children express their grief so openly. They will be so um, so openly crying and and grieving the um, you know when a friend moves away or even when a playdate has to end. <laughs> you know, it can be. Um, emotional uh, when something is lost, when a favorite toy or thing. I, I just see my children move through emotion and acknowledge it. And I acknowledge it and I I help them feel that and, and they learn how to calm themselves and self-regulate and those skills often aren't taught uh, effectively in today's schools or or parents don't really have the resources or ability to uh to be with that emotional process and and teach them emotional intelligence and and an ability to come through that and it's not always easy and uh i i do find though that 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 total absorption of their joy of something and and that pure um grief of it when it's lost is is something that we can learn from as adults. And so I just encourage people to be grateful today for what is most precious and valuable in your life and to really feel deeply the gift and blessing of being here and being alive and no matter what your bank account is today or in 10 years, no matter what your, um, you know, um, net worth statement shows, you are valuable beyond measure. And you have a true wealth that can never be plundered or taken away, that is too sacred to be stolen. And so connecting in with that deep well and reservoir of love is so powerful in these times of grief and and grief that is prolonged that is you know can not not just a short period but daily when we um tune into the news and and the harm that's happening um to to just really balance that with the gratitude of our lives and savoring that and reaching out in appreciation to those you love. And that's all for today. That's my message about how to become resilient in times of transformation and to use the power of grief, financial grief, climate grief, personal grief, to become stronger and more... uh, able to support others who may be challenged as well in these times because we are not alone in our feelings of sadness and grief. So thank you so much for listening today. Hope this was uplifting. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, 
the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve. 